to the BetUS NFL show. I'm your host, Nat Landis. We're glad you're here, and we're ready to give you a sharp and in-depth preview of the AFC East, courtesy of our expert football handicappers, Las Vegas Chris and Scott Kellen, here at BetUS, where the game begins. Before we kick things off, make sure to sign up today at BetUS using the promo code NFL2021 to claim your 125% sign-up bonus, exclusive for sports betting, good up to $2,500. To take advantage of the offer and get info on terms and conditions, check out the link below this video. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to the BetUS YouTube channel and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any of the exclusive content we'll be posting. And if you enjoy this video, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. On that note, guys, let's kick things off with the defending AFC East champs, the Buffalo Bills. We can take a look at their odds for this season, spanning the Super Bowl, AFC odds, division, regular season wins. So we can see that Buffalo is currently at 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, 5.5 to 1 to win the conference, minus 150 to win the division, and their regular season win total. I'd like to dig into this a bit because there's a lot of VIG attached to that number, 10.5. We have the over price at minus 175 the under price at plus 145. So Scott, when you see extreme juice like this attached to a season win total, how do you translate it to a number that might be more understandable to the typical better? Yeah, uh, it's actually pretty simple, I think, Matt. Um, so if they're at 10 and a half minus 175, I add the 75 uh, cents juice to the 10 and a half, which gets me to 11.25. So in reality, the way I look at this, yes, you have a 10 and a half number, and yes, of course, if they win 11 games, you're going to win your bet. But you are effectively, in my mind, spending uh, 11.25 on that. Uh, and conversely, if you're taking the under um, at 10 and a half, it's, it's really uh, kind of equatable to going under, in my mind, 10.95 wins from a math standpoint. Uh, so that's the way I do that. I don't know if Chris does that any differently, but uh, that's kind of how I look at all those uh, juiced uh, lines for the over-unders. Cool, Chris. Yeah, is that I, the same I, way you I value them about, about fifty cents uh, per half, uh, but that can change depending on whether it's uh, you know how far away from the middle it goes. Because uh, the higher the number, the the, the uh, more value it has. Got it. Okay, and of course that Bills number is pretty high. A lot of love for Buffalo, and it kind of makes sense. They were good last year. They also got pretty fortunate. And Scott, we can touch on just how fortunate they got. Uh, while we know they're getting a lot of love in the marketplace, we want to see if it's entirely warranted. So what are some key factors you look at when you're evaluating a team and whether that love is too much or if it's just enough at this stage of the season? Yeah, I look at like five or six things uh, when I'm looking at these, Matt. Um, and I know they're, we're, we're putting them up on their screen now. So and I'll, I'll just run through the five or six and then we'll come back and hit each one of these. But I look at, OK, how did they do last year just in terms of wins and losses? Um, and then we've got this thing called Pythagorean theorem. I'll, I'll speak to that in a second. How do they do in close wins? Um, what is the over/under number? There are a few sports books that actually predict the lines for all 18 weeks of the season. Now, yes, it's a it's a huge guess what a line is going to be, you know, in, in week 15, much less even week four. Um, but you can take that line, for example, if someone is a home favorite of six points, uh, we know historically they are winning 61.1% of their games. You can apply that to each line to get uh, a general uh, percent chance of winning each game and therefore create a total amount of wins for the season as well. That, again, to kind of match up to the over-under season wins. 
And then I look and I just say, okay, is this team better, the same, or worse than they were last last year? So if we look at Buffalo, they were 13-3 and three last year, won 13 games. We can see the Pythagorean theorem there, number of 10.6. So Bill James made this very, very uh, popular uh, when he applied it to baseball many, many years ago. I don't. I know football outsiders did a lot of work uh, with this uh, as it relates to football. Uh, I'm not sure who uh, tweaked the formula so it would apply actually to football. Uh, but with that formula, it's basically saying, and, and it's really basically um, just looking at points scored and points allowed throughout the season for the most part. It's a fairly simplistic uh, number, but also uh, it gives us a lot of historical data that we can make some predictions off of based on it. So with Buffalo, their Pythagorean theorem translated to 10.6 wins. They won 13 games. It means they actually exceeded probably what they should have done by about 2.4 wins. Uh, so they won more games than what their numbers really uh, probably were. Now, the tweak that we have for this year is we've got 17 games, not 16 games. So when, when I look at Buffalo uh, and I translate that 10.6 wins last year, into a 17-game schedule, it takes me to about 11.3 wins. We know their over/under is 10 and a half, or maybe closer to 11 with the heavy juice. Um, they won 13 games last year. That translates to about 11.3 wins in close games. They were four and one close games defined by defined by winning by seven points or less, or losing by seven or less. Uh, they were fairly fortunate, uh, four and one in those games. Um, and then if we look at all their lines throughout the season for all 18 weeks, that adds up to about 11.8 wins uh, if, if those lines were actually accurate and history plays out the way those lines have typically played out. So uh, kind of summarizing, um, 13 wins last year, over under number of 10 and a half or 11, how you, however you want to look at that. Most of these other numbers take us to about 11 points. Are they the same, better or worse than last year? I think they're about the same. The, you know, um, uh, John Brown's now gone at receiver. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think there's anything lost there. Maybe possibly an upgrade. Um, not a whole lot of other changes within the team. For me, I'm neutral on this team as far as the season wins. I don't like it over. I don't like it under necessarily. Um, I think you know it's realistic to say they're going to land somewhere about where they landed last year and around the number, in my opinion. Yeah, and Chris, I'd like to see what you think about Buffalo. Obviously, the biggest storyline of their season, Josh Allen making a really historic leap forward in terms of his accuracy progressing at the you know third year stage of his career. Do you think that was for real? And what are you expecting from Buffalo in 2021? Well, his completion percentage in college was 55%. Uh, he was the 31st rated quarterback in 2019 in uh, pass completion. So... Is it an Is this an anomaly? We don't know. But uh, last year, I was a big Bills believer. Uh, I run a math-based system over about 50 different categories. And uh, those kick in around week three, week four. And I had Buffalo, number one offensively last year, even though they weren't technically. Uh, overall, they scored 31 points a game, which is uh, 501 points for the season. Uh, the last time they scored 400 was 1998. So they went completely off the charts last year. How does Allen go up to 69% completion, uh, pass completion? Uh, 
you know, that's a huge, huge difference. Uh, I was looking at it. Uh, they were their their average total. The two previous years was 40, 40.7, 40.1. Last year, 48.9. I mean, that's just a huge difference. And they went over 12 out of the 16 times. So what I like to do is when things just go completely awry and you, something's got to come back, something's got to give. When I look through the schedule, you know, yeah, I want to be a believer in, in Buffalo again, uh, but wait a minute, you know, show me again. That's what my attitude is. I, 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 when I go through the schedule, I see them winning 12 games, 11 uh, maybe, uh, but they just threw Allen, a, you know, his big contract. I would have waited an extra year. I thought it was a year too early. I still don't consider Allen proven. Uh, you know, everything went right. But you know what? Kansas City kicked their butt. And there's a huge difference. Even Cleveland did better against uh, Kansas City than Buffalo. So I don't want to get overexcited about Buffalo. I don't know anybody that doesn't like Buffalo. That's when I start to look the other way a little bit. And uh, traditionally, I go into the season with no opinion on anything. I, I usually take the summers off and come in fresh, and I have a fresh perspective of what I see with my eyes. And I don't want to be predispositioned to believe anything. I want to just be open-minded that this can happen. And so is Buffalo going to be good? I think so. But you can't tell me that there may not be regression. Look at their defense two years ago. Their defense was awesome two years ago. What did it do last year? You know, run of the mill. You know, you know, uh, you know, it wasn't a top ten defense anymore. In fact, I remember it was in the twenties for most of the season, and, and they, you know, they caught on later on. Uh, everybody can run on them. They're giving up four point six yards per carry. Uh, they lost the penalty battle. Uh, they're getting careless, but they do bring back 21 of 22 starters. Uh, they have all the tools with what we saw. They didn't add anything on the draft that's going to go into the lineup immediately. Uh, and they lost, uh, you know, a couple of things. They lost their return guy, their weak in corner. Uh, tight end, you know, needs to be stronger. Uh, but uh, they've got great edge rushers. Uh, but the middle, they didn't fill, they didn't draft anybody any places that they needed. They drafted depth, so they have great depth where they already had great talent, but they didn't fill any of the holes they had. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I think it sounds like a bit of a mixed bag in terms of what to expect for Buffalo. Obviously, uh, we all think they're going to be good again, but the number is kind of implying that they will be. So uh, maybe nothing we're too eager to get down on at the moment as far as their regular season win total goes. But one thing you touched on, Chris, with the Bills was regression, especially defensively. And I think that can take us into our next team in the division. I bet that's going to come up with Miami. We can take a look at the Miami Dolphins odds heading into the 2021 NFL season. And currently to win the Super Bowl, Miami's priced at 25 to 1 to win the AFC, 16 to 1, 3 to 1 to win the division. Regular season win total over 9.5 at even money, under 9.5 at minus 130. So, Scott, we can go to you again to kick things off with the Dolphins. It seems like maybe in more ways than one, this could be a team that's ripe for regression coming off of some pretty good fortune in 2020. 
Yeah, you're, you're right, Matt. Uh, you know, they were plus nine in ter- turnover margin. Uh, you know, Tua doesn't really turn the ball over a lot, which is a, a good thing. We'll see how that translates to this year. But their defense was very fortunate last year. Hey, maybe they repeat repeat that again. Uh, but I, I'm looking at, I think there's probably going to be some regression on the defense. They, Their numbers at the line of scrimmage didn't translate um, to what we saw in, as far as points allowed. And a lot of that, I think, was because they were fortunate in the turnover battle. Now, again, they do that again then, this year, then you know maybe we'll see something similar. But kind of going back to what I look at again um, is how did they do last year? Uh, well, they had 10 wins last year. Um, but when I'm looking at uh, NFL handicapping, I'm trying to dig in and find things that you don't just see on the surface. So when we look at Miami, they win 10 games last year. Their Pythagorean theorem number is 9.7. If we extrapolate that out over 17 games, because we got 17 games this year, that translates to about 10.3. You know, we just said, hey, their over-under is 9.5. But we got to remember, Tua and Fitzpatrick, I don't know the exact breakdown offhand. I don't have it on my sheet. But, you know, they about split the uh, quarterback uh, role last year. And if I apply that Pythagorean theorem to just Tua's games, he translates to about 8.6 wins, which is well below the nine and a half wins that we've set that number at. Now, is he going to be better in the second year? I think that's possible. We don't know. Uh, they have, uh, have obviously added Will Fuller. They've added uh, Waddle through the draft. So maybe they help themselves offensively a little bit. But as I said earlier, I think they are going to regress a little bit uh, defensively as well. Um, and here's the other one. There's a couple teams that will apply to this one. Um Miami in 2019 won five games. Last year, they won 10 games. We can go all the way back to 1984, uh, looking at this, starting in 1984, looking at the season prior, which is 83. When a team wins five games or more than they won the previous season, there's been 99 occurrences of that since 1984. Only 24 times has that team won more games, the same or more games the next year from what they won last year. So Miami won 10 games last year. Now, if they win 10 again this year, uh, they'll go over that number, of course. But the higher amount of wins they get, the worse it gets as well. In those 99 uh, occurrences, 78 times a team won 10 or more games, and only 11 of those 78 did they win 10 or more, or in other words, the same amount or more games than they won the year before. The bottom line here to me is they've taken too quick of a jump too fast that I just think there's some regression here a little bit. New England figures to be a better opponent within the division this year. Uh, And, you know, I don't know how good the Jets are going to be, but they were absolutely horrible last year. I'm not saying the Jets are even going to beat Miami necessarily, but the Jets figure to be a little bit tougher as well. Uh, Potentially a lot of question marks there, obviously. I think under nine and a half is the play here simply because I don't think they're going to continue to take the big jumps like they did. They have a great head coach in my mind. Um, I'm not sold on Tua at all. You know, I think his straight-up record was probably decent last year. But you look at that Rams game they won. I think he averaged two yards a pass in that game. He didn't do anything in that game. That was defense, special teams, Rams mistakes um, You know that really translated to that. So I'm looking under nine and a half wins for Miami, uh, and this just based on the history and what we've seen with teams who have did, done similar things in the previous year. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that regular season wins under nine and a half. And I'm willing to pay to be wrong on Tua. I would love to see him take a big step forward this year. I'm, I'm not rooting against him as a person, but just what I saw on the field last year in some pretty limited reps didn't seem to really have it all together. So we'll see what he can do. Chris, do you think with all the regression that's, you know, kind of the writing's on the wall, the defense has to snap back. Uh, turnover luck was off the charts for them last season. Do you think Tua has what it takes to offset some of that regression and give them a boost offensively? Or, or how do you see things shaking out for Miami this coming season? Well, I loved betting Miami last year. I was I had them a lot last year. And the one thing that I clearly remember, I, I definitely agreed with the platooning type thing, get Tua some experience and, and let the veteran uh, play here and there. But there were a lot of games I was like, let's get Fitz in there. Let's get Fitz in there. Uh, you know, I lost. I didn't want to see Tua in there. And uh, I think almost everybody is probably going in thinking, you know, hey, he's in trouble. Uh, he had problems, you know, uh, learning the playbook. He learned he, he really was extremely limited last year. He threw short passes. Um and uh, he didn't do well under pressure. He had like a 50% completion rate uh, uh, going under those circumstances. And how much can he improve today uh, or this year? Uh, you know, is he going to be the confident guy that can take the team under his wing? Or is he going to be insecure that there's nobody there to uh, be his safety net? Uh, what I'm hearing early this year, he's doing well so far, um, but they don't, they don't have enough around him. They've got no running backs to help him out. They need. They didn't do a good enough job in the offseason to help him on the running game. Uh, the line is one of the worst offensive lines in the league. But fortunately, you know, they get another year. They have a year under their belt. So maybe they'll come back. They were young last year. Maybe they come back stronger and the experience helps them. Uh, adding Fuller and Waddle is just potentially very huge for them, though. They uh, they had a great draft. They had like the, the fourth best rated draft in the league. And that could really help him out offensively because last year he had limited help from the receivers and they were uh, they couldn't get separation. And, it, you know, basically it was a jump ball situation with these guys. And uh, uh, this year it should be different. Um, I still feel negative on Miami, but. It's possible that they could do okay. Their defense was so good, and their coaching is so good. The coaching can overcome some of their shortcomings, and their defensive schemes, yeah, there's a whole bunch of fumble luck and health luck and red zone luck and all these other metrics that say that they were lucky. But they gave you know inexperienced quarterbacks hell, and – Maybe they can do it again. I mean, I remember just laughing at a few of the wins going, oh, I got lucky there. Oh, I got lucky there. Uh, so we're just, you know, I've got an open mind. I kind of lean a little bit with uh, um, Scott, and, and I'm a little skeptical they're, they're going to be able to uh, match last year's record. Uh, but uh, uh, that's where I am at it. Uh, you know, another thing that I'd like to mention, too, is you, you can't bet this team now if you think that they're good. They, they're, they have a horrible – uh, opening start to their schedule. If you if you're a believer in Miami, you're going to have to pick them up and, and and bet them later on in the year because you're you'd be able to find better future prices after you know week eleven uh, or so. 
Yeah, I think two things that you touched on there that can be a common thread when we look at the next team in this division. A lot of quarterback questions, also some really good coaching. Brian Flores coming from that Bill Belichick tree in New England. Uh, we can see if the Patriots will indeed be a tougher match for their AFC's opponents than they were last season. Taking a look at their odds to win the Super Bowl, 30 to 1 payout for New England, 16 to 1 to win the AFC, plus 350 to win the division. Regular season wins relatively flat here, minus 110 to the over, minus 120 to the under. And Chris, we can start with you at the Patriots because I know they had a really rough go of it last year, but it seems like some people uh, might be underestimating them a bit when we look at what they've got on hand for 2021. Well, last year, they were the most decimated team with COVID opt-outs. And even with that, I'm not a believer in Cam Newton. I I don't think there are too many people that are a believer in Cam Newton. But before he was diagnosed with uh, COVID, the team was doing well. And um, surprisingly, you know, they were doing well and they looked set up well. And uh, when you think about the offseason, it, it would have been the perfect time for Belichick to either change teams or retire. He stayed after Brady. Why is he doing that? And my belief is that he knows that there's enough there to do something with. There's no way he's going to sit there and embarrass himself if he doesn't have something to work with. So that's that's first in my thought process. Um, interesting metric on Cam, who I really don't like. Uh, uh, Ed Fang uh, from the Power Rank uh, has these uh, um, interception uh, data stats where it's uh, bad ball uh, versus uh, interception ratios. And somehow, some way, Cam Newton is in the top five for positive regression. Uh, 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 regression. He has been actually unlucky with interceptions based on how well he throws. He's only throwing 10% bad balls. And you've got uh, you know, Daniel Jones is of the world throwing, you know, 17%. So uh, he's doing really well. The the offensive line is really good. It's a top five offensive line. And they added two tight ends. And if you know New England's history, think back to the Gronk and uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, Hernandez. <laughs> uh, days. You know, having two tight ends is just so strong. I don't understand why more teams don't do it. It, It's just it's such an advantage. And that's exactly what New England did. Uh, They should be able to run the ball down people's throats. And who else is in their division and who else sucks at stopping the run game? Buffalo. So uh, I really see a lot of optimism with New England, they have a they, they do have a, a, a difficult uh, um, rest weakness. I think they're the second or the worst team for lost days versus other teams. I think they're a minus 15 uh, for uh, a rest disadvantage, which can add up. Uh, but uh, I don't want to babble on. Uh, that's that's the highlights of it. But I, I, I really wasn't high on New England without looking in at him. I really had a negative, I have a bad taste in my mouth from last year because it was one of two teams I lost money with. I was two and three uh, with them last year and every other team, I, uh, there was only one other team I had a losing record. So they left me with a bad taste and now I'm very optimistic about them. But I think a lot of other people are also 
And I think the plus 350 to win the division might be uh, worth looking at. Yeah, would you say that that's more of a lean for you? Is that something you pull the trigger on? Or are you waiting to see how the price might fluctuate a bit between now and week one kicking off? I, well, I, I don't like to bet futures. I, I don't want to, you know, there's no betting loyalty. So when we're talking about Miami and Buffalo and, and, and the good times I had last year, I, I'm being the first one to bet against them every week. There is no loyalty in betting. So, uh, you know, once my model kicks in, that's where I'm going to be, you know, initially headed. Uh, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think that there is a lot of value in betting futures at this point in the season. I think you're better off uh, waiting for the season to start, get, you know, get the eye test in, and hope that uh, the future prices are a little slow and moving and you can get some added value. Yeah, especially, if especially if you're looking at the schedules that are coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, teams with really bad schedule flow. And that's important to know if your team's going to be having a horrible schedule coming up or a great schedule coming up. Yeah, and you talked about some of the short rest spots there in relative to their opponents. And I think that quite a few of those are coming up in the first half of the season. So if somebody wants to wait it out a little bit, that plus 350 we're seeing now might be quite a bit better at some point in season without the Patriots having had a real fair chance to kick it into high gear yet. And Scott, I want to get your take on the Patriots, too. One thing that Chris touched on was having two tight ends. We uh, got some news recently that Hunter Henry going to be shut down for, it sounds like, maybe just a couple of weeks. So probably not too serious as far as his availability goes throughout the regular season. But uh, just like Chris said, they're due for some positive regression potentially at quarterback. They could also use some positive regression when it comes to injuries. So despite that Hunter Henry news, uh, they, they could be in for maybe some good luck or at least some regression toward the mean when we consider they were second unluckiest in the league last year factoring injuries and COVID. So how do you see that affecting their fate in 2021? Yeah, I'm, I'm with Chris on a lot of things here. I think Cam's the variable here. I'll get into that in a second. Um, but I agree. Um, I think, as you said, they were 31st. When you factor in COVID injuries, they've added some other help on the defensive side. Their defense should be much better just because of that alone. You add the two tight ends, which, you know, you remember back in those days, they were a pretty, now again, you got Brady quarterbacking, obviously, but uh, they were a pretty unstoppable offense to a degree uh, because that just created a ton of nightmare challenges uh, for the opponent. Um, and we'll see, hopefully, Hunter Henry, you know, is ready to go when the season starts. You know, when I when I look at New England, okay, they won seven games last year. Again, if we extrapolate the 17-game uh, uh, schedule for this year, that translated to about 7.7 wins with the Pythagorean theorem. But obviously, we know they're going to be in a much better position this year. So they're going to do better than the 7.7, you know, all things being equal. They were three and four in close wins. So uh, nothing, uh, you know, unordinary there. Um, and when you look at all the lines that have been set for the 18 weeks, uh, they're projected to win about nine games. They're kind of middle of the road there in terms of the schedule. So as a whole, it's not very uh, a super tough schedule. The cam thing here is really the variable. And I look back, and this is Belichick, so I don't put a ton of stock in this, but I think it's something that's worth noting. Cam has played four, uh, nine seasons where he has started 14 games or more for the team he was quarterbacking. Only three of those years has his team won nine or more games in those games that he started. I, I just don't have a ton of confidence in Cam. Uh, and, and Chris, I, you know, it's kind of surprised, and I trust those numbers that uh, the gentleman said about the positive regression, because 
I've always I heard someone refer to a quarterback, a good quarterback being someone who throws their wide receivers open. Uh, it kind of hits them in stride, gets them in a position where they can catch the ball and do something with it. I've just always noticed this with Cam. He throws the ball. It's misplaced a little bit. It bounces off the guy's hands, bounces up, gets intercepted. I've just felt that's always kind of a little bit of Cam. Uh, and maybe Belichick just corrects a lot of that. Maybe I'm misguided on that. I'm not sure. But Cam's a variable here. And um, if Cam has a great year because we, there are things he can do that he can make this offense pretty dynamic, if that happens, they're probably going over the season win total. Um, if Cam is Cam, then I think they're going to fall somewhere somewhere in that neighborhood of what that, that season win total is. So for me, I'm neutral on them, and I think the big variable here is Cam. And if you like what you're going to get out of Cam this year, then I think you can be bullish and and obviously uh, you know the opposite if, if you're very skeptical on Cam. You know, I, yeah. uh, I was surprised to learn uh, – because I didn't hear about this last year, but when Cam came back after his COVID and he started to play again, he said, I was lost. I never was able to get caught up. And I I was going up to the line, completely confused, not knowing what to do. And he was a mess. I mean, he couldn't, he didn't have a grasp on, you know, all that they were doing because he missed, you know, some key time where they were doing some different things that he didn't understand. So, and then we didn't mention Matt Jones sitting in the wings that they drafted. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, are calling for him to come out really fast. And as much as I don't like Cam, you know, I, I hate rushing a quarterback in that situation when you do have a veteran out there uh, that did play last year. Hope You know, I, I think you, you stay with Cam and see what he can do and, and let Matt learn a little bit. Yeah, I think one of the bigger storylines could be Cam Newton again looking really sharp before he went down with COVID last season, not being the same after that. There's also a lot of talk about his shoulder. Is the arm strength still there? So we can maybe find out pretty early on, is the arm there and was was COVID the issue last year or is the arm shot, in which case we might see a lot more of Mac Jones. So tough to get too much clarity on the Patriots right now, but a lot of food for thought when we get the regular season rolling. And another you know, team. I, one more thing. I'm sorry. There was mentioned that their defense wasn't that good. I had them as the 10th best defense. I don't know what it is about Belichick. Uh, maybe they're doing some, they're do, they were doing a lot of things well. Uh, it didn't look like it, but their defense wasn't all that bad. And now they're bringing all these people in. They could be really good this year, potentially. Well, that, that's my point. I think it's going to be better, right? Not, not so much that they were awful last year or anything like that. They... I don't know how they're not better, right? Just when you look at what they're bringing back, some of the additions that they've made, and then, I mean, they have to be better, right? Uh, just because. And that, and that's, again, that's not saying they were bad, right? They just, they they should take a step up because yeah. they're getting some of their best players back. Well, speaking of teams that should only be better in 2021, <laughs> I know the one that you guys have been waiting for, this whole conversation, the New York Jets. Gang Green, we can take a look at their odds for the 2021 season to win the Super Bowl. I don't know if this price can get high enough. Currently 80 to 1 to win the AFC, 50 to 1, 20 to 1 to win the division, and their regular season win total, six and a half. Again, a lot of juice involved here, plus 130 to the over, minus 160 to the under. So, Scott, I'm wondering if you could give us another primer. We talked about the Bills with a team currently juiced heavily to the over at 10 and a half wins. The Jets juiced pretty heavily to the under at six and a half. So how do you translate this to a number that you'd expect them to land on for the 2021 season? 
Yeah. So if, if we've got over six and a half plus 130, I translate that to about 6.2 wins in reality. Um, and if we're under six and a half minus 160, to me, that's like uh, you're getting under 5.9 wins, essentially. Uh, again, just taking the 60 cents off the, uh, the six and a half. So, you know, for the Jets last year, I found a little pocket of the Jets to think and, and Sam Darnold's obviously gone. I think, you know, well, it's hard to have really great impressions of Sam, but but, you know, their offense was somewhat efficient last year for a few weeks later in the year when they got all their healthy, their receivers healthy. They were not healthy for the most part. They had, you know, three key receivers. And when they were all in the field, they were actually playing OK and, and, and actually pretty well. They went out and beat the Rams. Um, they they defeated Cleveland, who was decimated in that one game because of COVID and whatnot. Uh, they beat the Raiders. Well, they lost the Raiders, I guess, but they covered, right? And then lost in that Hail Mary, right? But they their offense was actually fairly productive. I don't know what we're going to get out of Zach Wilson. Uh, I think in a scrimmage the other night, they said he was kind of lost. You got a new coach in there, Robert Saleh, who I, you know, uh, who knows, but seem the guy seems to have pretty good energy, is respected, seems to know what he's doing, uh, defensive guy. And they're installing a, a, you know, an offensive system that's really kind of a Shanahan, McVeigh based on play, play action and whatnot, which I think is fantastic. But it's a pretty complicated offense to learn as well. And I'm not sure how much Zach Wilson's going to learn in the first year to be able to really be efficient with that offense. When we start to look at the numbers, they won two games last year in 2020. Uh, again, their Pythagorean theorem, uh, if we extrapolate it out over 17 games rather than 16, translates to about 3.1 from that 2.9 two and three in close games so not, nothing special there the 13th toughest schedule though so they have a somewhat of a tough schedule um and if you look at all the lines that they have for all 18 weeks they're projected to win about 6.3 games so okay they're projected to win about 6.3 the number is six and a half it's right about there for me, though, they won two games. Yeah, they should have been a little bit better. Maybe should have won three games. Have they improved enough to pick up another three or four games? Because they got to win seven games, essentially, at that six-and-a-half number. That, that, to me, that's tough. With a rookie quarterback, you don't know what they're getting. Um, they, you know, they, I think their tackles, both tackles on the offensive line, are going to be pretty good to hopefully help solidify that offensive line a little bit. Uh, they've added a receiver. Uh, you know, they're okay defensively, although I think their secondary is probably not that good. Um, it, it's a pass for me. I, I just don't – if you're going over on the Jets, that means you got to win seven games. And you're almost saying that the Jets are going to win more than the Bills, Miami, or uh, New England, essentially, because it's just hard to believe that four teams in that division win seven or eight games or whatever. Um, I'm not going to go under. Uh, I, I'm neutral on this one as well. But – I will be looking offensive line. Let's see what happens there as the season starts out. Obviously, Zach Wilson um, and the receivers, they have decent receivers. Um, and let's see where they go and if they're competitive. And it's, you know, it's all going to fall back into Wilson, how, how good or bad he's going to be, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, Chris, let's see what you think about the Jets. As Scott touched on a lot of new faces in new places, not just on the offense with Zach Wilson in at quarterback, but also new head coach who's defensive minded and Robert Sala. What are you looking for to get a read on the Jets? I know there's not a lot of clarity yet. So what's it going to take to form your opinion on them this year for better or worse? Well, I love the Jets because I'm a Lions fan and the Jets have a longer playoff drought than the Lions. So, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you have a situation where you've got a rookie head coach with a rookie quarterback. Um, they 
they had a great draft. They had the, the fourth best draft, uh, according to uh, uh, grouping of rankings. Um, and what they did was that they they filled everywhere kind of equally. So they're not really super strong anywhere. Uh, their, their secondary is still garbage, but uh, the the offense should be improved, and and, and they they should score this year. They should be putting some points on the board, but they're going to be giving up points. So I kind of I, I would kind of think that there's going to be more scoring from them. Uh, were they the team that averaged 15 points last year? I think they only averaged 15 points last year, which is just ridiculous. They were pretty poor, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I, I just sit back and watch because you've got two great coaches uh, from or from good trees. You've got the Rams and you've got San Francisco. The thing I worry about the head coach, uh, Salil, don't know how to pronounce his name. He's always done it with great players. He doesn't have great players here. So is he going to step in and be able to get that to work? I don't think so. Uh, not with this personnel. So uh, what we do know from hearing from Jets fans is there's a lot of optimism. It, uh, 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 things, uh, there's, there's not that cloud there. There's, uh, there's hope. They've got something to work with. It depends on what their goals are and what they're going to do. Uh, certainly they don't care about this year. Uh, I would think, I think they want to build uh, something for the future and try stuff out and, and really, you know, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do and how much effort they make. Uh, they'll want to make some progress, but uh, it's not a team that I'm looking to get involved with, that's for sure. Yeah, it could be a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, we'll see what Robert Sala can do in year one, patrolling the sidelines for the Jets. And that about wraps things up for our AFC East preview. We can take a look again at the odds to win the division. We have the defending champs, the Buffalo Bills, favored to repeat, currently priced at minus 150. We have plus 300 on Miami, plus 350 on the Patriots. The Jets way up there at plus 2,000. Chris, you touched on eyeing the Patriots at plus 350. So, again, probably not a bet for you right now, but... Um, is it, is it really still just a matter of waiting to pick your spot in season if you do end up pulling the trigger at all? Or is there anything preseason that could get you to get down on the Patriots? Uh, I, I don't play a lot of futures personally. I, I, I don't, I, I try to stay laser focused on what's in front of me. And, and I, and I got to admit, I get a little envious at these people that are picking futures. You know, because there's other people that do nothing but focus on futures and they do a great job. So you, another lesson for people, focus on, don't try to focus on too much stuff. Focus on what you do well if you're, if you're doing handicapping. And I don't do totals. Scott does totals. Uh, uh, he's going to teach me some things about totals this year for once. And then maybe I can start doing more totals. But uh, I'm focused mainly on, in you know, in season sides and, and I have a you know excellent record and uh, longevity and success why am I gonna mess it up you know I, I want to focus on what I focus on and uh, um, I make other observations and stuff and sometimes do a little this and a little that but uh, uh, that's what my thinking is yeah fair enough well I'll throw in one bet that I'm down on as far as the AFC East goes and that would be Buffalo to go ahead and repeat at that price of minus 150. 
I think I, I was uh, so back and forth on Josh Allen last year, but I, I'm just done being wrong, doubting his progress. I feel like at this point, maybe he owns the accuracy improvement that he showed us. Um, Offseason, their biggest win might have been the lack of a loss, keeping Brian Dable as their offensive coordinator. Got to think he was instrumental in Allen's turnaround. And not only is this feeling positive about the Bills, but it's a bit of a fade of the rest of the division. We talked about the regression that's coming hard for Miami. The Patriots at quarterback, the most important position in team sports. They've probably got more questions than answers at this point. I know they have a lot of guys returning from, you know, missing last season due to COVID concerns. I'm not sure after missing that full season if some of these guys will be at 100%. So that has me in on the Bills at minus 150. That comes out to a break-even probability of 60%. I think it should be higher to, uh, excuse me, closer to about 65%. So I'm just going to take some value. I think if they win it two out of three times and I don't have to pay for that probability, then sign me up for another year of Buffalo atop the AFC East. Um, Scott, I know you talked about the Dolphins wrapping up with some of our bets here. Regular season win total under nine and a half at minus 130. I agree with you there. And beyond the regression defensively and some turnovers that probably won't break their way as favorably, not being sold on Tua, is there anything else or, or do those factors pretty much cover it to the extent that you're comfortable getting down fading the Dolphins at this point. Yeah, I think it's that. And then as I spoke, you know, they took this big climb of five, five more wins last year than the year before. And historically, we've just seen that not continue to be able to repeat itself in, in terms of the same amount of wins. So that's worth playing it for me. And I, you know, I always like to look at something like, how, how could I lose this bet? There's, look, there's plenty of ways I can lose it. The defense continues to be a turnover machine. Uh, and Tula takes this next step up. That I will lose this bet if that happens, more than likely. But to your point, I think the, the defense will regress a little bit. Not so sure about Tua. And historically, I just know what happens to these teams. Um, to me, that's worth betting on. I'll take a shot on it. It's one play of many plays, obviously, and something that I think uh, is worthy of at least putting some money on. Yeah, I'm there with you. One more AFC East that I'll throw out. This is uh, not something that's come up yet, but... Looking at the preseason, week one coming up on Saturday, the Jets, you can get them at minus 120 on the money line at BetUS playing the Giants. And I was talking to a pro better recently, and he mentioned an angle of first-year head coaches in their first preseason home games. I know this is technically a Giants home game, but it's at MetLife, so it's pretty much a home game for the Jets as well, being in their own stadium. Those first-year head coaches can often get over-eager and overemphasize winning over evaluating talent, which is what they typically would be doing at this stage of the preseason. And the Jets also had the green and white scrimmage this past weekend. It was pretty rough. I think they're going to put forth an honest effort to get back on track as far as the quarterback rotations go. That's always key in the preseason. And it seems like Zach Wilson needs to get in plenty of work with the Jets starters so we could see some of the Jets' A team against maybe the Giants' B team at certain points. And on the other sideline, it's been a rough go of it in camp for the Giants and Joe Judge. We've had some players retiring left and right, most likely no Saquon for this game. So uh, something I'd say related to the AFC East, if you don't want to wait for the season to kick off and something that you can get graded by the end of this weekend, the Jets minus 120 on the money line taking on the Giants. Do you guys have any closing thoughts as we wrap up the AFC East? I think that does it for our bets. But when we talk about all four of these teams, anything else that really stands out as you think about this division and how you anticipate possibly betting them over the course of the season? Nope. <laughs> no, I think we covered it. Cool. All right. Well, we will wrap it up then. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning into the BetUS NFL show. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL2021 
when signing up at BetUS to claim your 125% sign-up bonus, exclusive for sports betting, up to $2,500. And make sure you subscribe to the BetUS YouTube channel and hit that notification bell so you don't miss out on the action. That'll do it for now. We'll see you again soon right back here at BetUS, where the game begins.